Today on episode 101 of the Computer Tutor Podcast, when your hard drive crashes, what's the absolute fastest way to be back up and running with your computer working properly, all your files and folders back in place, and even all your programs and settings just like they were before the crash? Today, I'll tell you the best way to make that happen. And I'm starting a new segment with this episode, Scott's Featured Podcast. Welcome to another episode of The Computer Tutor, tips, tricks, and advice from a computer pro without all the tech talk. And now, here is your computer tutor, Scott Johnson. Hey, thanks for joining me today. This is the Computer Tutor Podcast, and I am your personal computer tutor, Scott Johnson. If you're new to the show, this is where we talk about cool things you can do with your computer. And hopefully what we talk about are things that you don't already know about. That's my goal anyway. My other main goal is to keep it simple, so you don't need a degree in computer science to understand it. I have a computer repair business, so if your computer has a problem, I'm your guy. I can most likely fix problems remotely. So if you have a problem with your computer, just give me a call, 727-254-9078, or email me at pctutor at gmail.com. And today's computer tip can be seen at my website at computertutorflorida.com forward slash 101. So let's get started. If you've listened to any of my previous podcast episodes or if you read my blog, you probably know that I always encourage my clients to have an automated backup process that runs every day because hard drives crash all the time. And it can happen without any warning sometimes. Well, there are actually two big things to think about when planning for a hard drive crash. First, you have to think about making sure your data is always safe. But the second thing is, after the crash happens, how do you get everything back in order as quickly as possible? I mean, yeah, your important documents and pictures and everything are safe, so you didn't lose them, but what now? Think about this scenario. Your hard drive crashes, and most of the time when this happens, the rest of the computer still works fine, so you just have to replace the dead hard drive with a new one. Well, that part's pretty easy. I could probably walk you through that over the phone. But think about what you still have to do. Remember, you're starting with a blank hard drive. So you have to reinstall Windows and get all the Windows updates that have come out since then. Just downloading and installing those updates can take hours by itself. Then you have to install all of the other software that you use on a regular basis. That might include Microsoft Office, your antivirus program, your online backup software, of course, and whatever other programs you use. And you also need to bring your website favorites back into whatever web browser you usually use. And then you have to get all your documents, your pictures, your music, your emails, and whatever else you have backed up. You need to get all that back from your backup service and get all that back onto your computer. With all that that has to be done, it can take some time to come back after a hard drive crash even when you have a good online backup service in place. And if you're self-employed, like I am, all that time spent is non-productive time. That means you're losing money because you aren't doing something to make money. Sometimes it can take a whole day. Well, the good news is you can avoid all of that hassle. You do that by having a second type of backup called a system image. And the good news is if you're using Windows 7 or 8 or 8.1, 
The software you need to do that is already on your computer. Here's what a system image does. When you create a system image backup, it takes everything on the computer, your documents, your pictures, your programs like Windows, Office, all of your settings like your screensaver and your wallpaper, we're talking everything, and puts it all into one single folder. And that folder goes on your external drive. What happens when you have a hard drive crash is you take out the bad hard drive, you put in the new one, the blank one, and you just tell the computer to restore that most recent system image that you made. This takes maybe an hour or two, and when it's done, it's like a miracle. All of your stuff is back on there, and it's like you never had a crash. Everything is just like it was before, configured just the way you like it. And the important thing is that you're back up and running in a couple of hours, as opposed to spending the whole day trying to get everything operational again. Like I said, if you're in business, you should be doing a system image backup every night. That's what I do. Now, before I go through how easy it is to actually set this up, I want to answer one question that often comes up. Sometimes people will ask me, okay, well, if this system image backup makes it that easy, why don't I just have that as my only backup? That, that's a fair question. There are a couple of reasons why you would not want to rely on it as your only backup. First of all, it has to be done manually. So if you forget to do it, it's not going to get done, and you won't have a current backup when your hard drive crashes. That's just the way it works. Second, the system image backup is really the best to use if your hard drive dies, but what if you just accidentally delete a document and you can't find it in the recycle bin or anywhere? Do you really want to restore your whole hard drive just to get that one file back? That's really a waste of a couple of hours when you could just go to your online backup account and download that one file that you've lost. You wouldn't be able to do that if the system image were your only backup. Okay, so how do we actually create a system image backup? It's pretty easy, but the process to get to the program is different if you use Windows 7 or 8 or 8.1. For Windows 7, you just click the Start button and type two words, Backup. You're going to see on the screen there's a menu option that's called Backup Your Computer. And at the top, that's at the top of the Start menu, so just click on that option. For Windows 8, go to the Apps screen and just start typing the word Recovery. You'll see some options come up, and what you want to click on is the one that says Windows 7 File Recovery. For Windows 8.1, yeah, Microsoft couldn't just leave things alone. Again, they have to change it. You have to open the search function and do a search on the phrase File History. And then just click on File History when you see it come up as an option. Once you get past that point, the process is pretty much the same in all three versions of Windows. And you can see all these steps with screenshots over at my website at computertutorflorida.com forward slash 101. The first thing it will ask you is where do you want to save the system image backup? Well, by this point, you should already have your external drive plugged in because that's where you want to save it. Then it's going to ask you which drives you want to back up. Now, usually the safest thing is to just go with the drives that are already pre-checked. But you will want to at least check the primary hard drive, which is usually drive C. After that, you just need to confirm the settings that you just told it. And it's also going to tell you how big the backup file will be and that any previous system images will be overwritten for this new one. But that's fine because that's what you want anyway. Then you just click the Start Backup button and you walk away. You can't use the computer during the system image backup, or you shouldn't anyway.
that's why I usually just let it start running when I'm done with it for the evening. And mine takes a few hours, so it's easily finished by the time I get back to it the next morning. And when you do get back on, you'll see the notice that says backup completed successfully. At that point, you need to disconnect the external drive from the computer. Don't leave it connected all the time. The only time it should be connected to the USB port is when it's doing a backup. And one more thing, the first time you do this, after it's done, it's going to ask you if you want to create a system repair disk. Now, it's not mandatory, but it would be a good idea to do that. It only takes a couple of minutes, and all you need is a blank CD. And it should be a CDR, not a CDRW. That CD is what you're going to use to boot up the computer when you're recovering from a hard drive crash. So you should just take two minutes, create that, and then just keep it in a safe place and hope you never need it. Now, for those of you that are still using Windows XP, or if you use the standard home version of Windows Vista, you can make a system image backup, but you're going to need to use a third-party software to do that. And one of the popular ones is called Acronis. That's A-C-R-O-N-I-S. So you should check that out. And if you need help setting up the system image backup, I can do that for you remotely. Just get in touch with me and let's get this in place so that you are back in business quickly after a hard drive crash. And now I want to tell you about a new segment of the show, which I'm starting this week. It's called Scott's Featured Podcast. Now, obviously, if you're listening to this right now, there's one thing we know. You like to listen to podcasts. Me too. One thing I always like to do is discover new podcasts that are interesting to me to listen to. So I'm going to tell you about a featured podcast each week, and I'm going to try to focus on podcasts that you maybe haven't heard of before. You know, we all know about This American Life and Adam Carolla and, you know, all the other major names in podcasting. So with this segment, I want to sort of go off the beaten path and find some good ones that a lot of people maybe don't know about. And today for the first featured podcast, I'm going to tell you about one that I listen to pretty regularly. It's called The Expat Files, Living in Latin America. If you're an American and you've ever thought about maybe leaving the U.S. and uh, living in another country, especially somewhere in South America or Central America, you're going to find this podcast very informative. It's hosted by a guy named Johnny Mueller. And Johnny is an American who left the U.S. and he lives somewhere in Latin America. And he's been there for, I think, like more than 20 years. And that's actually one of the interesting things about the podcast. He never actually says exactly where he lives, but occasionally he drops some information that might give you an idea about it. Johnny pretty much tells it like it is. He doesn't pull any punches. He's going to talk very clearly about the lying, scumbag government leaders down there and how they're no different than the lying scumbags we have here in the U.S. government. But what I like about this podcast is that he really gets down to real specifics. You know, the day-to-day living stuff that you really need to know if you're planning to make that transition. He talks about which countries you should never consider living in, and he also backs that up with a lot of logical reasons. And each episode is about a different aspect of becoming an expat, and it's filled with lots of helpful information. And what I like about it is it's not something that's put out by TripAdvisor, and it's not information that's coming from some company or organization that has like a financial interest in getting people to move there. It's just the facts, the good and the bad, from someone who's already made that move. Here's a few minutes from a recent episode. South of the border, down Mexico way. That's where I fell in love when the stars above came out to play. 
And now as I wander. Hello there, all you expat wannabes. I'm Johnny Mueller, and you're listening to The Expat Files, Living in Latin America, the show that tells you just what it's like to live, work, play, and or retire down here in Latin America. It's a mix of the good, the bad, the ugly, and the great, and it's all right here, so let's get started. Now, it seems even after all the blathering I do about the real estate bubble down here and about real estate in general, people just don't get it. What do I mean by that? Well, I still get emails from people asking me where's the best place to buy land or housing or beach properties, etc., etc. And I'm telling you right now, this is not a good time to buy. Unless, of course, you happen to find some really distressed seller. And let me clue you in on something. If you hook up with a real estate agent, whether he or she's with a huge agency or just a neighborhood guy who tinkers with it as a hobby, you are not going to get a deal. In fact, you're going to buy right into that bubble. Because even if someone approaches you and claims they've found a distressed seller, you think they haven't approached a dozen corrupt politicians and narcos before they hit on you, the gringo? The fact is, you will never find distressed sellers through real estate agents. you got to find them yourself, in the newspaper, on bulletin boards, etc. Because you see, the fact is, a distressed seller doesn't want to pay a commission. He's lowered his price to absolute rock bottom already and does not want to give away 5% more as a commission. The reason this podcast is interesting to me is that I'm actually considering doing this. Not right away, but certainly at some point in the future, we'll be considering it or thinking about it as an option. I've mentioned in previous episodes about my connection with Ecuador, so we would consider that as a possible retirement location. Never know what the future will bring. Now, the Expat Files podcast has no commercials, which is very nice. Johnny does promote his expat wisdom seminars where he has like, uh, I think, 20 or 30 people come down and they go through a whole week of seminars. They do seminars in the morning and in the afternoon they have uh, actual what he calls boots on the ground where he shows you firsthand what it's like to live in Latin America. He doesn't overdo it, though, with the seminar promotion, so it's no big deal. And so you can find the expat files on iTunes or you can visit the website at expatwisdom.com. And I'll bet you listen to a podcast or two that's not all that well-known. I'd love to know about it. First, because I just might like listening to it, along with the others I listen to, but also because I'd like to feature it here on this segment. If you know of a podcast like that, tell me about it. Call my podcast voicemail line at 727-386-9468, or email me at PCTutor at gmail.com. You know, and if you have a chance, it'd be really great if you could leave me a review or a rating on iTunes. It really helps me out a lot, and I appreciate it. And that'll do it for this week. As always, I'll see you back here next Monday morning with another computer tip. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Computer Tutor Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to contact me with a question, a comment, or a suggestion for a future topic, you're welcome to do so at my website, computertutorflorida.com. And while you're there, sign up for my free Monday morning email newsletter. If you have a computer problem, give me a call at 727-254-9078. In many cases, I can take care of a problem remotely, so it doesn't matter if you're here in Florida, up in Maine, or way out in California. I'd love to help. Thanks again for listening and have a great week. God bless.